every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What's going on here on the big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone? Hanging out live at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway, right here in Orem. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. And Tom has some great prices, really, on everything in the store, but particularly on those adjustable beds. You're not going to find deals like this anywhere else, I assure you. Come on by and find out what Tom can do for you. All right, what's going on? We check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network to find out the big news, opinions, funny stuff as well. Let's start out with our friends DJ and PK. Here's those two breaking down the expectations for Mike Conley. Now, you got to build into this the fact that Conley was already getting more of an opportunity than O'Neal. Yeah, right. That's, that's, that's the very point that I was pausing on. And you just said it. You probably said it better than I would. But, yes, he, that's, that's my line of thinking there. Now, I hope for Conley, I hope he's done friggin' trying to fit in. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Don't fit in anymore, Mike. Be yourself. Let's go take Remember, over. We had, we, do we, your we thing. Had, we had Pace on one time, and I thought it was very astute. He was talking about the development of Gordon Hayward. He's talking about what shots – that Gordon Hayward needs to take. And Pace said, based on his years of experience, that he, he highlighted a couple of shots that Gordon needed to take. And he said, you must take those shots. If the coach doesn't want you to take the shot, he'll take you out. And that's on the coach. But when you're in there and you got that particular shot, he's talking about each elbow, I think. And if those shots are there, you must take them. And then it's up to the coach if he doesn't like it, he'll take you out. Well, for Mike, Mike, man, do what you can do. Do what you're capable, what you've proven over 10 years, what you can do in this league. And don't think twice. Don't think twice about trying to fit in. Just do it, Mike. And if you go back to that way of playing, the way you've played for so many years in Memphis, you'll have success. I think that he found that his last, I'd have to go back and look at it, but last 12 or 13 games before everything stopped. The numbers in those games were just way better. You know, and it's a combination of you're new and you're trying to fit in, like you say, and then he gets hurt and then he's coming back and you're you're trying to get the conditioning, get back in the flow. And he finally found it. You know, he found the sweet spot and he was playing far and away his best basketball. And then the whole thing stops. So I think this is a question for Justin Zanuck. You know, is Conley, I don't think Conley has to come back and get better. I think Conley just has to come back and pick up where he was in those last 10, 12, 13 games. Because if he does that, that was a high level. You know, but the thing is, Conley's averaging 12 shots a game. So when you look at the almost 15 a game, 14.7, 14.8, whatever, just say 15 a game for Bogdanovich. Conley's not going to suddenly start shooting 20 times a game. He's never done that in his career. You know, when you go back and say, be who you were in Memphis, in Memphis he's got a a lot of years where he was shooting uh, 14 shots a game. Now, his his last year in Memphis, as the roster started to change, he was shooting even more. He was shooting 16. That's his career high. 
You know, but even at 14 shots a game, that's only a couple more per game. When there's 15 up for grabs, that's why I think you're onto something with uh, with Royce O'Neal. Right. But yeah, Niang that, is in the, the game to shoot, and if he gets even five minutes, you know, maybe he gets more shots. Moody, and the, and another guy we haven't mentioned here is: is there a bigger role for Clarkson? You know, because if he plays more minutes, he's going to put up more shots. You know, that is why he's there. I mean, that is why he's in the league. Not forget, not only why he's on the floor for the Jazz, that's why he's in the league. The guy, he can get himself open so quickly against so many defenders. You know, it's, it's not a one-night thing. I mean, it's just night after night. That teams know what's coming, and he still goes and gets his shots and gets his points. In lineups where he doesn't necessarily have a lot of guys to open the floor for him. You know, he's the focal point of the defense, and he still gets it done when he's out there with the second unit. I just don't know that Clarkson can give you more, whereas I feel very, very strong that O'Neal can give you more. You may well be right. I feel (laughs) Clarkson has given you a high level already. Asking him to give you more, I think that's a big ask. We're asking, if I'm asking anybody to give me more, and it's the smallest ask on this team with Bogdanovich out, I keep coming back to Royce. Clarkson pretty consistently takes one shot for every two minutes he's on the floor. Now he's playing 25 minutes a game, and that's a full-time-ish number. You know, the days of Stockton alone playing 38 minutes a night, there aren't that many guys doing that. You know, I, I, I think now the number's kind of 30 minutes. So 25 is not that far away. But if he gets six minutes, six more minutes out of uh, Bogdanovich's time, and positionless basketball, I know he's not exactly Bogdanovich's position, but as we go more towards positionless basketball, I just think that's less of a factor. So if he plays six more minutes, he's going to take three more shots. I don't necessarily know that it's going to be productive, though. It, just, it may not. You know, I, I, I'm not saying it won't be, but I just don't know, whereas I really feel strongly that the more I give O'Neal to a point, the more I'm going to get. All to be determined starting tonight with the scrimmage. Uh, although Quince, you know, and Quince said this in the bite we played in the 7 o'clock hour, you know, his hands are going to be tied here a little bit, paraphrasing, he didn't say that, but it's 10-minute quarters. So he's losing eight minutes of a chance to experiment with this guy or that guy. But it'll play out over the scrimmages. We'll get an idea of what they're trying to do. All right, that was uh, DJ and PK talking about uh, Mike Conley, talking about uh, making up for production for Boyan Bogdanovich. And we've talked a lot about that on this show as well. But one thing uh, PK was hitting on, uh, which I kind of want to add on to what he was saying, is uh, Royce O'Neal. And and what led them to that part of the conversation, obviously, they were talking about how Mike Conley's taking um, 11.9 shots per game thus far this year. Bogdanovich was taking 14.8, so essentially 15. So if Mike Conley gets more shots, it's not going to be 15 more shots, as DJ put it. You know, it, it might be five-ish, right? Maybe that, that might be more, you know, at the most. So where are the rest of those shots going to go? For a big part of the season, Royce O'Neal, when it came to uh, shots taken compared to the minutes he played, he took the fewest in the entire league. Austin, Royce O'Neal was playing 
29.1 minutes per game. He was only taking five shots. 3.3 of those were coming from the three-point line where he was shooting 38.9%. There's where a bunch of shots could go. I agree with PK. Royce might have an opportunity to be more aggressive. And I like I like the fact I've highlighted that stat about Royce, fewest shots per minute. I've, I've highlighted that all year because I think it's an interesting stat to point to who Royce is as a player and what role he plays on this Jazz team. He's going to do that stuff that nobody else wants to do, play that defense, get those rebounds. Uh, you know, be scrappy. He's going to do all those things, and he doesn't demand shots in return, and that's a, a big credit to him. I think that's how he's gained his foothold in the league and with the Utah Jazz as being that guy. Well, it might be a little bit out of his comfort zone, and Joe Ingles too for that matter, but Royce needs to shoot the ball. He needs to shoot it more. He's going to be left open. We know that about what we've seen so far this year, and maybe that'll change a little bit without Bogdanovich being there, but the, the guy other teams chose to leave is Royce O'Neal, and he wouldn't make him pay for it. I mean, shooting almost 39% from three is a nice clip for him. He needs to keep shooting at that rate, and he needs to shoot more. I thought PK was right on the money with that. He has the opportunity to play a big role on this team uh, coming up in this situation down there in Orlando. All right, let's move on to Hans and Scotty as we continue on with what's going on here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Here's Hans and Scotty talking about what food you would be quarantined for. So what rule, What food are you willing to um... – are you willing to accept a 10-day quarantine in your luxurious hotel room, keep in mind, okay. where you have all the video games and Netflix that you need, okay. but you're going to be isolated in there for 10 days, but it's all going to be based on eating one meal? Yeah. Okay. So I've got a few. <clears throat> um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, red Shocker. curry. A, re- a really good red curry and rice okay. and a peanut sauce with sticky rice. Like that one place we went to? Yeah. That's good stuff. Well, and that place in particular. Um, the steak fajitas, Poblano, that, that I've been talking to you about, I, okay. would, I would break quarantine for that, and I'd sit in my room for 10 days alone. If I could just get one good, solid helping of that, I, I, I would do it. Um, th- those brisket tacos that we like so much, yeah. but but not just in a, in a three-pack. I want like an eight to ten-pack, and I want a little bit more brisket in it. They, they cheap us out a little bit on that brisket. But those brisket tacos, I'd do it in a heartbeat. I'd do it. Um, the sampler platter from, from a certain place, it's, it's got all the appetizer sampler platter. I love that you love the sampler platter. Oh, I, I, and I get the sampler See, platter, is, platter from my... I, I take a lot entree. of I take a lot of pride in this because there's some chain places out there that people like to make fun of. Oh, and I am stop it. I will I will go I will die on that hill for some of these places. Stop it. And, there, and there's there's two places in particular I'm thinking about their sampler platter and and I would go into a ten ten day quarantine for it. Their Southwest egg rolls, uh, their buffalo chicken poppers, um, their jalapeno poppers. There's 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 cheese sticks and and there's loaded okay, fries. Wh- the rattlesnake you, fries that have what. Food would you not that I think is easier? <laughs> Maybe we should have started there. I think I think I, I think I can answer this for him. Key lime pie, and that's about it. There we go. Yeah, that sure wouldn't be on my list. I hate key lime pie, and I'm I, now I'm against it. I want it eradicated. Um, it's terrible. Yeah, 
Well, you know, my uh, it my ruins mo- relationships. Uh, yeah, almost that and an iPhone can do some serious uh, damage. I'm sorry, I just I, you were going there. I was like, I don't see an. You know, my mother in law made a key lime cake, and it was delightful. No, see, I like key lime pie. I don't. And I don't like key lime cake. It was great. It wasn't stop. You're just doing that to be no, obnoxious. I'm saying, hey, look, it's okay if we have a difference of opinions on things. Not when it comes to this. <laughs> and I'm in the middle on it. It's it's fine. Um, I don't go seek. All right. So, you know mine. I go a straight breakfast. You give me a chicken fried steak with a lot of country gravy on it, mm-hmm. some hash browns, mm-hmm. a bunch of over easy eggs, yeah. and... Uh, and uh, Two strips of uh, thick cut bacon can, and can two, I ask you a question? And two sausage links, and I'm good. What's your perfect number of over easy eggs? Uh, two to three. No, you're having it your way. This is just your way. It's your day. Three. Mm. See, you shocked me on the breakfast. I thought for sure you were going teppanyaki. I, I'm <laughs> I'm six to eight. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. See, mm-hmm. but I've got to have like the eggs on their own are good, but it's got to mix with my hash browns. So if I'm going six to eight, that's also I'm going to have to have that ratio increase with the hash browns, mm-hmm. and that sounds like you're heading towards some stomach issues. So if you're cutting loose mm-hmm. for a breakfast, you're going to have six to eight eggs. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. Well, no only remember when we three, were three tops. Remember when we two. were out? Uh, oh. Last time we went out, what I order? Five or six? Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you did. Company was paying. Yeah. How many eggs did you get on Barney? <laughs> one. One. That was one. Egg. That was bad. One egg exploded on Barney. <laughs> Never mind. That's gonna be. It just fired off the plate. You he slammed a, a, him a direct fried egg in between two pieces of bread. Yeah. Bit down and it shot out the uh, back end. Yeah. Got got Barney all over his tie and shirt. Yeah. And with Barney, those aren't cheap ties. No. Either. So, um, I yeah, I'm, I like a lot of eggs. Uh, but you know, uh, an over easy egg is not my favorite prep for an egg. Uh, you're, are you scrambled? Uh-huh. I'm, oh, a, so yeah. I'm a scrambled egg guy. I, I, if if I if if you offer me scrambled or no eggs, I will take no eggs. Oh, that's okay. Eggs that's over easy is what brings breakfast together. Yes, uh, well, it, it, I know you it's, like that. It's what makes it. I mean, you could do so like, many different things. Like honestly, I really don't like eggs that much. Hate hard boiled eggs are the most disgusting thing on the. I planet. love a, oh. like deviled eggs. Oh, get those on. out of my face. They are disgusting. The texture is horrible. It's like Stop. biting into a tire. A deviled egg. Deviled eggs are the awful, disgusting. Whoever oh, whoever invented I, I can't even whoever, I can't even look at you. Whoever invented deviled eggs, I hope you rot in hell. Okay, maybe that was a bit oh, extreme. Oh my gosh, Jeez, I can't man. believe what you're saying. You're almost and doing. reaching to have me dump that. A little you? bit. I was thinking about. <laughs> oh my gosh, a little mayonnaise, a little mustard, a little paprika no, sprinkled no, on top. No, awful. I hate them. Hate them. Perfectly deshelled and don't like scrambled eggs. I mean, what? I like no, I like scrambled eggs fine. I like I like a good scrambled egg, but. If I have my choice, I'll take over easy every day of the week. All right, there you go. Hans and Scotty going down the rabbit hole when it comes to food once again. Uh, cuisine, a big part uh, of the Hans and Scotty experience. I'm hungry! You and I uh, kind of had that debate the other day, Austin. Uh, I, I said Long John Silver's. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if I'm going back on that that answer, but uh, can you believe that if Hans just, you know, a free-for-all breakfast, Hans is going is going to eat six to eight eggs? Well, so I'm, I'm glad you asked me that because I am, I am nowhere near Hans's uh, expert level on eating and knowledge of food and abilities to eat said uh, foods. But I'll bet I could put down half a dozen eggs. I think I really could. 
Oh, eggs you could, don't, sure. Eggs don't, eggs don't fill me up all that all that much. You could, yeah, but I mean, not can and would are are <laughs> two entirely different questions. And I I've got to admit, I'm with Scotty on the scrambled eggs. Not so. Why? I I I don't detest them. Like I'd take scrambled over no eggs at all. But yeah, it's way down my. Uh, type of eggs that I like scrambled. See, but I'm not with yeah. Scotty because I love deviled eggs. I love hard-boiled eggs. But over easy, but you always order at restaurants, Gordon, or Gordon, Austin, always uh, <laughs> order over medium because I'd rather have it overdone than underdone. Oh, yeah. But totally. over easy eggs are, are the way to go. See, that's why when I'm uh, – that's probably why the go-to is scrambled eggs is because it's the easiest to A, make. It's the easiest to eat. Uh, out because you know that to eat out at the restaurant because you know that uh, uh, it's not going to be underdone. It's pretty hard to underdo scrambled eggs, and it's pretty hard to overdo scrambled eggs. So you're going to get a nice consistency with it. I think those that say that, like Scotty said, uh, I'll he'll take no eggs before he'll take scrambled eggs. That is such food elitism, Scotty G. Come on, you're not going to turn down scrambled eggs just because they're scrambled. We know no. you like you have a finer palate than the rest, but diner scrambled eggs are just fine for me. No, not doing it. I, I, I I'll, t- I'll eat scrambled eggs if I need to. If you know you're, <laughs> you're eating breakfast with a big group of people and they just want to do scrambled eggs because it's easy, I'll eat the scrambled eggs. But if if I'm doing eggs to order. Scrambled eggs way down on the list. Yeah, I like well. yolk. And you know what? If I'm not going to have yolk, I'm going to have an omelet. If you're going to have yolk, though, you have to have some kind of bread product with it, right? You can't just have yolks uh, running all over the place that you drink with a straw. you got to have something to sop it up with. Well, you eat it with the egg. You, you put it across the egg. There's always more yolk than egg, though. Oh, fair enough. Uh, and but anyway. On the, sorry, real quick, because this is very important. On the deviled eggs front... Deviled eggs, I always think I like them. They're like candy corn. Every year they come around at Easter or candy corn comes around at Halloween, and I'm like, ooh, I'll have some of that. And then I take a couple bites, and I go, no, actually, I, I, I just remembered I don't like this stuff. Oh, That's how man, I am I with love, deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. In fact, uh, shout out to my dear mother, whose birthday it is today. Oh. Happy birthday, Mom. Uh, she makes fine deviled eggs. Oh, I could eat a whole plate of them. But uh, have you ever seen uh, Have you ever seen Cool Hand Luke? Austin? Of course, yes. How many eggs do you remember? How many hard-boiled eggs did he uh, did he have to oh. eat? Was it 50? It was like 50 and... It was uh, half a... Yes, 50, I think. Is that what it was? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I'll never forget that scene in that movie where his stomach is just so, like, bloated, and he's just got egg all it's over 50. his face. Yeah, it's 50. Is it 50? I think I read a thing once that said that that would be physically impossible. Was it one one hour that he said he would do it in? I think so. Yeah, I think it was something like that. See, now Hans what, did the, the ice cream and Scotty did the, the mozzarella sticks. Yeah. Which I don't know if it will ever happen or has happened and they failed. I can't remember. But 50 eggs in an hour, you'd probably die. That's a lot yeah. of egg going through a human being. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there you go. Hanson Scotty going on with the food. Uh, coming up next, we'll get into the Pac-12's plan for return. It's expected to be announced next week. We'll tell you what we're expecting to hear coming up right around the corner. We're live now from uh, the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Tom joins us once again. And Tom, let's blow some minds, shall we? I just had a customer call questioning the king bed for 500 bucks. It's a California King headboard, footboard, rails, box spring, and mattress 
for $499. Everything you'd need. Everything. It's not just a mattress. It's not a mattress and a box spring, but it includes a headboard, footboard, rails. The headboard is normally $599. It's made by Liggett and Platt, one of the best names in the industry. The, the mattress is one of the big S brands. With a box spring, the entire package, normally 2200 bucks, only $499. You heard it right. We also are going to do, you know, the beautiful round table. Yep. The table is normally $2,600, solid two-and-a-half-inch solid wood top, beautiful, beautiful table, 54-inch round. We're going to do the table and four chairs for $499. Incredible. It's an incredible deal. We also have the big, beautiful bedroom set from the Gemstone right. Furniture Company that I can't advertise the name. The dresser is normally twenty two hundred bucks. The bed is normally twenty four hundred bucks. It's like a six thousand dollar bedroom set. I'm doing the whole thing headboard, footboard rails, dresser and nightstand for ten ninety nine. You want it what what do you call it? A chest? Is that what they're called? Oh, sure. Yeah. You want to add a chest, I'll do the whole thing for twelve ninety nine. Incredible. So a whole new bedroom. Whole new bedroom. And I mean the very best quality. The dresser, the chest, the nightstand have a cedar line drawer. So it protects your furniture. The nightstand has USBs and AC plug on the back. So it makes it very Sweet. convenient. Charge your phone, plug in your lamp, whatever else you might need. Uh, it's an incredible deal. But we're going to also put everything on sale because of the holiday tomorrow. 20% off any yellow ticket. We did that last week. We're going to do it again back by Jake's popular demand. So the yellow ticket, of course, is already the lowest price in town. It's typically 30 to 70% off depending on what deal we made. And we buy a lot of closeouts, so I have some deals in here that are incredible. If I haven't advertised it on the radio and you need, let's say you need a twin bed, come in. I'll give you 20% off Utah's lowest price. Amazing. All right. Take advantage of it. 86 East University Parkway right here in Orem. It is the warehouse. We're talking Pac-12 football next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We are live from the warehouse, 86 East, University Parkway. Come on by and see us. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. So let's talk a little football. John Wilner of the San Jose Mercury News had a report that uh, an announcement is coming up next week. Uh, that the Pac-12 will uh, will proceed with a 10-game conference-only schedule. We knew they'd go conference-only, but it looks like it's going to be 10 games. They're going to start in the middle of September. Each team, or each yeah, each team is going to have likely two bye weeks, and then the uh, conference title game. They're going to be a little flexible with it, uh, perhaps kicking it down uh, back into December by as much as two weeks. Now, there have been reports out there saying that uh, Utah, in particular, their extra game will be against Oregon, and that would likely come 
in that September window. But uh, basically, they've been clear to start uh, for September uh, or excuse me, September 19th, which would have been week three of the original 2020 schedule. I like I like this plan. Um, I think that, uh, you know, even without its official announcement yet, I think there are a lot of things that could possibly get in the way. We've talked about that, those a lot over the past few months, but planning needs to happen. And, uh, you know, the idea of doing a conference only schedule. Now, Austin, you and I have talked about some ulterior motives for doing that, but the idea, the one that they've been putting, they've been putting out there is flexibility. And they, it would seem like they would have accomplished that uh, with this schedule or, you know, kind of the, the framework of it, so to speak. You, you know, a lot of people are concerned about concerned about you get started, but are you able to finish? And what uh, by by building in two bye weeks and then the possible extra two weeks at the end of the season, you're essentially giving teams four weeks to work with if something goes wrong for either team on either side. And two weeks can be a long time if you had a, a, a small outbreak, you know, big outbreaks. Those are probably going to be a different story. But if you had a small outbreak with one of the teams and you had to, you know, postpone a game or reschedule a game the idea of having two weeks in coronavirus world that can make all the difference we're seeing that in the nba right with players who have tested positive and who are able to to rejoin their teams in a somewhat timely manner so you know those those extra days can make all the difference and building in a possible four week window uh, for each team a, a month of flexibility if you will is putting your money where your mouth is and in order to do that they they are starting maybe a little earlier than some people thought they might uh, still getting games in in September but as far as planning goes I am completely fine with that because if you plan to start early you build in that flexibility you don't want to spend it all at the front right don't start your games in mid-october and all of a sudden you have to sandwich them in in 10 straight weeks just just to get it done you know i like the idea of the of the flexibility giving yourself time to react if if scenarios uh jump up now as far as the extra game you know nice round number with 10 uh the extra game utah draws is oregon which is not an easy one (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but will be a good matchup nonetheless. Uh, I don't think anybody in this conference is, is going undefeated. I don't think Utah is a favorite uh, regardless. But as far as this outline for a possible plan for return for the Pac-12 is scheduling, it seems to me like this could work. You know, they're, they're probably, uh, Austin, have their fingers crossed that over the next uh, month and a half that the numbers, uh, certainly in California, Arizona, but throw Utah into that as well, will uh, subside a little bit and make the the um, make it a little bit less risky. But I, I like this idea that the Pac-12 is putting forward, and I like the fact that they're first doing it. I, I thought the Pac-12, after reacting to what the Big Ten did and kind of with the more uncertain politics in the region i thought they'd be a lot more reactive i like the fact that this is proactive planning get some get a goal established that you're working toward and see what you can't pull off what do you think austin when you saw the news today uh i think that this is larry scott trying to keep his job frankly jake i honestly (laughs) do i think that this is he has blown it for a decade with the Pac-12. He is the highest paid yet least productive commissioner in all of college football and he sees an opportunity right now to make a last second game winning shot and make everyone forget about the 0 for 40 games that he's had for the last 10 years. 
Does that make sense? Hey, bring on the last second shot. I, it does make sense. And um, I'm, I'm sure there is some motivation to make the right decision because he's got a lot on the line. I, I, I certainly don't disagree with that. But I think we'd all take a last second shot. I don't know, you know, what his political will is like or his political clout is like right now in the in the conference itself. You know, as we've talked about with Gordon, there are a lot of his supporters who have retired or moved on, who've kind of gone by the wayside. And there's a new um, crop of of university presidents that may be a little bit uh, teetering with Larry Scott. So I don't I don't know enough about it, Austin, to know if he could if his job will be kept or lost based on the way that the, that he's handling this. But I think you're right. I think he's feeling the heat and he needs to, he needs a W in the win column, but I'm cheering for him, man. I got to admit, I, I want the PAC 12 to have a W in the win column on this too. I really do. And it's a, it's a tough scenario where nobody's ever been through it before. And maybe it is a bit of a last second shot, but man, I hope it goes in. And I think it's a decent, well thought out plan. And if you're just thinking about the, the universities in your in your conference, if you're not caring about the the, the rest of the uh, the rest of the Division One or F, I always have to think about it FBS. You know, this is this is I think about as solid as possible plan for this moment in time as you could get. And regardless, uh, Austin, I guess uh, I'll answer your comment by saying, regardless of Larry's motivation, I don't really care. I'm I'm cheering for him to win this one. Yeah, absolutely, because even from a selfish standpoint, it means that football would be played. It'd be played sooner than a lot of doomsdayers think it's going to be played. Uh, I'm just still kind of in this, I'll believe anything the Pac-12 tells me when I see the Pac-12 do it, because Larry Scott has has uh, uh, trained me to believe that he's a, a, a soothsayer, or not soothsayer, but a, a, he smooths things over. He's a... A guy that is a smooth talker, I guess is the the phrase I'm looking for, who will dress it up pretty and make it sound good and then under-deliver what he says he's going to do. But if the Pac-12 can be the one to lead this out and it's a success and we get football and a full 10-game schedule, not a full schedule, but a 10-game schedule starting early or mid-September, we absolutely take that as a win regardless of my personal feelings about Larry Scott as a commissioner. Well, I mean, let's take uh, his failure, and that's been financial, right? I mean, so I, I have no doubt that universities during this circumstance when so much money is on the line, and we broke that down the other day where he did some loose math on the air, you know, I bet he wants to deliver for these universities financially. I bet he's he's got a lot of pressure from schools like UCLA and Cal that just can't, they can't afford to be a no-go and uh, they're they're leaning on him to do it because I was thinking with the uncertainty of of California and their approach to the coronavirus as a, as a state has been more on the on the precautious side. Um, you know, <clears throat> I kind of wonder if Gavin Newsom doesn't shoot down this whole idea. But here's Larry Scott, whose whose offices are in in San Francisco. I mean, he's right there in the heart of it, and they're they're laying plans. So. There, there might be some pressure from some of those schools to, um, I, I don't know, uh, think optimistically when it comes to what uh, you know the state of California is going to let them, uh, let them do. But I, I've said this through all of this. You know, make your plans, do what you got to do, and if it doesn't go, it doesn't go. But it, you know, I, I, I'm famous for my can't win, don't try attitude. Let's not do that in this circumstance. Let's try, let's try, and if we end up not women, winning, well, at least we tried because there's that much on the line. 
And so I'm glad that I'm glad that Larry Scott is going to put out some plans. I hope the other conferences put out some plans, and I hope we're able to salvage something of a college football season. I think that they can, in concept, pull it off. But as we've talked about a lot on this show, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of politicians out there, a lot of the health departments that you've get a, got to get on board. And that was part of the motivation as well to go in the conference-only route. And I, I, I tried to explain this to Gordon a number of times. You, you, you line up some of those opinions that matter because there are so many in college football. You, you cast out some, and you try to get as as few of those as possible that have to line up. And that's what uh, the Pac-12 is going to do. I, I expect to see other uh, conferences following suit. The question is going to be, you know, do do the Big 12 and the SEC try to get in their whole schedule? Do they try to go a whole 12 with non-conference? And, of course, I know BYU fans are hoping that that's the direction that they go. And we'll see how different conferences uh, tackle this very same problem. Going to be fascinating. But I got to say, like what I'm seeing out of the Pac-12. I hope it works. All right, we're live at the warehouse. Coming up next, we'll have an odd sports report for you. Austin and I will both select a story. Then at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, we'll move into a little pregame kind of feel as we get you ready for the Jazz and the Phoenix Suns, their scrimmage from Orlando tonight. So stay tuned. PK scheduled to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour as well. It is the big show live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Come on by and see his prices so low. It'll blow your mind. Let Tom and his crew take good care of you here at the warehouse. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. It is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by our friends at the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. In Gordon's absence, Austin and I have both been uh, picking a story for the Not Sports Report. Let's uh, continue on. Uh, Austin, why don't you go first today? All right, Jake, what's your favorite state to visit in these here United States of America? Well, the the two I visit the most, obviously, are Virginia and North Carolina. Let's go with uh, let's go with North Carolina. All right. So I've got here a list of the best ice cream stands or parlors in every state. According to the Daily Meal, North Carolina's best ice cream parlor is in Durham. Have you ever been to Durham? I've been to Durham. It's called The Parlor. Very original. Have you had The Parlor's ice cream? I have not, but they, next time I am, I'm in Durham. They're known for their mixtures like blueberry, blueberry lemonade, matcha, and milk chocolate tahini. All right. Okay. Uh, the uh, best one in California, Gordon will be said to know, is not on Balboa Island or wherever no. that is. Uh, it's Byright Creamery in San Francisco, uh, which, you know, being in San Francisco, this won't come as any surprise to anybody, but it's a very vegan-friendly uh, ice cream. Oh, okay. Uh, and, and those How with, very California. Yes, those with dairy uh, problems can eat there as well. Uh, but here in Utah, any... Any guesses? Really, there's there's only one 
that it can and should be, and yes, that's correct. They say that money can't buy happiness, but it can buy ice cream, and that's almost the same thing. Far better ice cream, only the best for family and friends. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Making ice cream in Utah since 1929, far better. One of the oldest continually operating ice cream shops in America. This charming, vintage-style ice cream shop serves up a wide variety of flavors from candy bar whirl, a Technicolor Play-Doh flavor. Uh, Jake, I took my uh, some of my engagement pictures there at the Far Better Ice Cream Parlor. You did? Absolutely. I didn't know that. Yep. So, wow. the best ice cream stand in Utah, uh, according to the Daily Mail. Only the best for family and friends. Far better ice cream. Okay. Hey, congratulations to the good folks at uh, at Far Better. How about that? Uh, Austin, I'll, I'll, I'll keep this local. How about, a, how about a story right here in Orem? Great. Uh, getting this from KSL.com. I'll, uh, I'll read right from it here. An Orem man who told police he had video evidence of his ex-girlfriend engaging in illegal activity <laughs> is now in trouble himself. Uh, <laughs> after officers inquired about how he got his video, uh, he was charged in court with voyeurism. Austin, which is a misdemeanor, and witness tampering, a third-degree felony. Uh, apparently, the man went to the Orem Police Department to say he had believed his former girlfriend was engaged in um, being a professional, and uh, if you get my drift, and then showed the officer video footage that he had recorded from her bedroom showing the victim in her underwear with another gentleman. Jeez. Uh, he was subsequently uh, charged, though, because apparently it's illegal to film that sort of thing in the great state of utah oh apparently is, is that <laughs> is that wrong should he have not done that <laughs> unbelievable i actually saw this story uh i think yesterday jake and I, I i swear to you this is what went through my mind it's only a matter of time before jake brings this up <laughs> just, <laughs> because you like to find those dumb criminal uh, those dumb criminal stories. This one's this one's pretty dumb. I don't know if it's as dumb as all those stories that uh, that where people call the police when they're like uh, marijuana gets stolen. <laughs> they're like, "Hey, somebody just stole my weed." They say, right. "Oh, did they? <laughs> oh, well, why don't you tell us where you are? <laughs> Stay we'll, where you are. We'll, we'll be right there to we'll assist come, you. We'll come right out." I mean, this this guy's like, hey, my ex-girlfriend's uh, up to some uh, illegal stuff. And they say, whoa, how did you get that video there? Uh, oh, I I guess I'm in trouble. My, my, my uh, question uh, is, did they did, did he first try without evidence? Then they just didn't buy it. They didn't believe him. So he's like, I'll show them. And then he went and got some evidence. I uh, I don't know. I, I have no idea. And why is it any of his business he's is, is he an she's, officer of the law well no i think this was kind of one of those revenge things where yeah uh, right which we all know my feelings about revenge but in this case i think the, the i'll make an exception revenge is not the best way to go well your revenge plots generally austin are i think a little bit better thought out than than this one my revenge plots uh tend to be more eye for an eye rather than meet misdemeanor with felonious reaction Okay, if if that makes sense, yes. Eye for an eye, you're you're very uh, um, old school, Old Testament in that way. I, I just meant more balanced. If you do something to me, I'll I'll react with the same fire that you burned me with. Okay. I won't come if you like like if you if you uh, don't yield at the roundabout, 
that doesn't call for me to uh, burn down uh, your, 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 your house. But if you don't yield at the roundabout, it does call for me to cut you off later down the road. Man, you're, you're on to something there. I, the, the, <laughs> the concept of a roundabout is brilliant. No, absolutely. it's not. It's, it's asinine. Ab- no, it's absolutely brilliant. But nobody knows how to use them. That, I guess that's what I mean. Yeah, that's which, the asinine part. Yeah. Which is, is, is surprises me on a daily basis because we're seeing more roundabouts, which is good because, you know, roundabouts keeps people moving uh, and, and is, is efficient, in uh-huh. my opinion. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're not stopping behind people who are making left turns while you wait for the <laughs> line of traffic coming the other way. Like, I'm pro-roundabout. <laughs> but I'm with, I'm with you. It seems like very few people are used to the concept quite See, yet. I think that a, dr- a driver's test, should uh, you should every five years when you go to renew your, your license, there should be just one feat that you have to pass. They roll you up to a roundabout and see what you do. And if you do it correctly, you get to keep your license. If you fail, you never get a license again. That's how it should be done. I'll tell you, I've got a four-way stop right by my house, Austin, that has... You mean you have a four-way yield? No well, one there are, it's, it's, well, there's no stop sign. There's, oh. no yield, there's, there's no yield sign, for that matter. It's just everyone for themselves. It's anarchy corner, huh? It is. It's a, and you can always tell somebody who doesn't live in the neighborhood. Because they will either, one, just zoom right through it, or two, come to a full stop. <laughs> if you live in the neighborhood, usually it's cautious approach. Sure. It's, it's defensive driving. But I will tell you this. Like, on the other side, if you're going, let's see, if you're going south, on the other side of this uh, nonstop four-way intersection, there's a giant dip that you cannot see. So I got to admit, it is hilarious when you see people flying through the intersection that just cream that dip. I mean, just take <laughs> off the front of their car. Good. And it makes me laugh every yes. time. I hope whoever lives there by it just has a collection of old bumpers that they just keep lining up right next to it. Just as although a reminder. I, uh, although I do feel bad. Scotty G actually dropped something off at my house a couple of months ago, <laughs> and I was waiting outside to, to meet him, and oh man, he Scrunch. hit it pretty good. Yeah, he hit it pretty good, and I thought, oh, oh I should have... I should have warned our guy Scotty about that mistake on my part. Uh, but, yeah, it is it is funny to just sit out there and listen to people just smash that dip. Uh, all right. We are live at the warehouse, uh, 86 East University Parkway. Come on by. Coming up next, we'll, we'll talk Utah Jazz basketball through the entire 5 o'clock hour. PK expected to jump on with us next. But first... Tom throwing on the headset from the warehouse, helping folks out, and some just great deals over this uh, extended holiday weekend. This is like Christmas Eve when you're a 10-year-old, and it's 5 o'clock in the morning, and Mom and Dad say you can't get up until 6. <laughs> in one hour, we're going to have Utah Jazz basketball. How about that, man? Just puts oh you in a good gosh. mood, doesn't it? It's like Christmas Eve. We're just waiting for... Can, can I get out of bed yet, Mom? One more hour, my One friend. One hour. One hour to go. Two minutes and twenty-seven seconds. And then we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing some hoop. Oh, I'm so glad that my DVR is recording every jazz basketball game. Oh yeah. I'll listen to David Locke on the way home, and then I will watch the whole game. It's gonna be great. Let's talk about the best way to enjoy a game in your bedroom is on your adjustable bed, tilt up your back to about 45 degrees so you can watch TV, then raise your feet about six inches, give your heart a little break, let gravity draw the blood, 
adjustable beds is the absolute best way to watch a basketball game. If you haven't done it, Jake, you're missing out. You have got to try it. Uh, let's dive into pricing. Let's uh, do it. We have Queen adjustable bed gel infused mattress with the motorized base for five ninety nine. We have the special of all specials, the California King for seventeen ninety nine. If you want to split California King eighteen ninety nine, and then the King solid for eighteen ninety nine or King split nineteen ninety nine. And these are Liggett and Platt bases. Incredible deal. Now, we talked last hour about this bed. Okay. It's California King headboard, footboard, rails. I just went and counted with Clayton. We have five left. Only five. Only five. And if you remember, we had like 80 of them. Yeah, you had a ton. We had 68 here and 12 at the Salt Lake store. 80 of them. There's five left. This is the best deal we've ever done on a headboard, footboard, rails, box spring, and name brand, S brand mattress. $499, normally 2200 bucks. Last but not least, don't forget about this big, beautiful, solid hardwood bedroom set. Uh, I think the suggested retail is about $5,800. we are going to do the whole thing in a queen. Headboard, footboard, rails. Dresser nightstand, the whole deal for twelve ten ninety nine. If you want to throw in the dresser, add two hundred bucks, twelve ninety nine. That chest online is about eighteen hundred bucks. Wow, it's a deal. It is. Come and see us, eighty six East University Parkway. Take advantage of it. We'll have uh, more next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone.